it's interesting about the whole patent thing because which I, I don't actually like, believe in patents in the end neither do I because it should just be open open source for everyone really well, that's, the, and that's that's another direction that is change another direction change in economics change of worldview well yeah. and like that remember I wrote about that in my Mars declaration is that like um uh like we have to get over this um we build our society on credit like you know you have to get credit for this and credit for that and um and we get real upset and real disenfranchised when we aren't given proper credit and i think i and i and it's hard for for me to sit preach this because it's like you can't be like okay well you know, it's, we're all, we're all one anyway, and it's a morphic field with all this, you're not, it's not really your idea anyway, you're just pulling it from the, the cosmos, so, you know, just give it to everybody if you're the one who could pull it, like, yeah. I, even though you I worked so hard on this, even though you worked so hard on that, you just go as penniless and need a turnip, you'll be fine, yeah, yeah like, not, we all have it, I'm not really saying that, even though I am, um, in a way, but I, I do feel like there needs to be like if we were able to like openly collaborate with each other from ground zero all the way up, we would get so much further than we do. Like one person is not an island, even if you are a genius, like you still yeah. like within your building of your structure or within your, of your system of thought, it can be improved along the way. Like just, it can be. That's why I thought, I thought it was interesting. Like Richard Branson had this thing about, he was like, Oh, share every business idea you have with everybody. He's like, 99.99999% of the population isn't going to steal it or do anything with it. But every single person that you do gives you feedback on, on a way in which you can improve it. He's like, so mm -hmm. he's like, I don't believe in being secretive about my new ideas. I share them with the shout them from the rooftop. Yeah. I think well, that's, that's an interesting perspective. Yeah. That's yeah. That's great. That's how Richard. And also the, 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 um, I was just looking at the, listening to this, short audio with some of my people that I work with. And it was about, should there be a salary cap on the amount of money a person can make in a year or whatever? And the and so there was just a discussion whether or not that should be. And so basically in the end, a lot of people decided that there should just be, there shouldn't just be a disparity is what it comes down to. Because we one of the things that you mentioned that was like, well, if let's say a person find, found, founded a, a product and had the idea for a product and was completely innovative, changed direction, changed their industry, but on the other hand, they couldn't build it alone, they couldn't um, market it alone, they couldn't, they couldn't do it alone, really, even though they had the idea for it and maybe got all the plans for it, and I'm not saying that they shouldn't get like a certain credit for it, and this was more in the context of like amount of earnings, should they earn like billions more than person in a company that doesn't make enough money to feed their family. So it was more about disparity and that goes back to changing the economics. But at the same time, it's, you know, we're all egotistical and maybe to, to a degree because we're human that we want credit and we want people to rec be, recognize us. But, uh, but at, like, at what cost? Well, I mean, maybe we just need to recognize everybody's gifts and everybody's contributions as, as worthy. But that's what I mean, we're even seeing right now. It's like, I, so appreciate the people who work at the grocery store and like stock. I mean, like, like you're getting to see like, look, all these things that we've always like looked down on forever are essential. They're essential for our survival. And, um, 
and and the whole entire notion of like I do this and I'm smarter and, and like I, I was born with a higher IQ so I, I I had the ability to and and the right um, financial things and all the stars aligned so that I could become like this brain surgeon or something um, right. I deserve X more than I don't know I mean like it's it's hard it's really really a hard um, thing to tackle I have thought about like pers- like doing um, markup percentage caps. So for instance, like let's say a buterol or some like, or whatever, like the, what was the EpiPen? Okay, the EpiPen, like like they, the research and development has been bought and paid for for that like a long time ago. Like that's came, that, that came out 50 years ago or something. I don't know how many years ago, but, um, and they had, they, whatever, they, took away the generic drugs for it or something they spiked the price to where the right. EpiPen yeah, used to cost like whatever like five dollars and then it cost a hundred dollars and every every person with like a peanut allergy which is a ton of people like have to have these on hand at all time or they will die so it's an essential thing that they have to have but it, like when the company realized that oh like they had a monopoly on this drug they spiked the prices well i, I like some part of me thinks that like there there should be certain things it should be like a resource thing where it's like okay how much actual resource like base material went into this product how you can also calculate in research and development like how much went to deforming this or whatever and then you put like an actual percentage of how much profit you can make on it maybe like mm-hmm. I, I mean you still could sell so much of them or whatever like your profit right. you can still make a profit you can still yeah. make a profit i'm just saying like there should be a cap on maybe the right. um the amount of the you amount you could charge for it yeah yeah well that's a that's a definitely a a possible solution but then but then that, that comes into the whole entire other thing that like i don't like which is i don't like control systems in general like i don't like yeah. people to tell me like who's going to monitor that who's right. gonna who's well, gonna there and say like who who can and who can't do that well hopefully people have enough ethics i suppose that's what it will have to get down to that people will just be doing that because they want to do that and not have it inaccessible and there won't be the desire for this for price gouging on people's health type of thing well one i think it's japan but i'm not sure what the price is, what the percentage difference is but i understand that the ceos of their company can only make x amount percentage more times more their lowest paid employee. So whatever that difference is, whenever that CEO gets a salary increase, so does the person on the bottom. I mean, I think that that's like a really cool, but here's the thing is like, I think that's a really cool system to have within a company. And I wouldn't mind being a CEO or an employee of a company like that and like putting that into my company. But Again, I don't want an overarching enforcing government to tell me what I can and can't do anywhere. Like that's, that's, that's the problem. That's the main issue with everything is like, I also kind of feel like, like, I'm besides communal roads, like, I don't know what we need giant governments for. Like, we do not need to have countries and we do not need to have wars and we do not need to have all these things. Like, I know that's really radical, but they right. don't serve totally us. Agree. What individually serves us is like what 
you know, functions within your own act, active little community that you live and work and breathe it within. And then like, yeah, like I said, like highway systems, that's something yeah. that federal government. Just, I think maybe we'll go in that direction if we can get into smaller communities, like smaller, smaller pockets. That's, that's, that's a possibility for the future probably for the far away future because i can't imagine that happening tomorrow but people are really stuck on their countries um yeah. and their ideas about you know about allegiance or something I like don't know. their yeah their patriotisms yeah i'm proud exactly. to be an american where at least i know i'm free i remember like yeah. i was in europe when i was like tw I was like 23 or something I was backpacking europe and some i don't know what he was he was like some um I think he might have been, uh, he was either like New Zealander or Australian or something. He's like, oh, you guys have like the craziest propaganda. And he sang that song to me. And I proudly stand up. I remember singing that in school too. Yeah. yeah. I think every country has that though. I don't, I mean, oh, yeah. maybe I, I do others. think everybody has that where it's, but, but I remember being a little kid thinking, wow, we're the only ones who are free. There's no, nobody else is free. Wow. That's yeah, not, I just know. figured we were the most free, whatever that means. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. that's because it's, that's propaganda. That's right, propaganda. exactly. <laughs> my mom said that my my grandfather, her father-in-law, so it was my dad's father, but she's like he always used to. He was Italian, and he they left they left Italy because Mussolini was taking power and it was dangerous to stay there and there he was out of work earlier and so anyway whatever reason they immigrated to the united states and so she's like yeah he used to walk around like listening to the radio and be like that's propaganda propaganda and that's what <laughs> he would say it was like propaganda everywhere probably because he was just so used to hearing it in his yeah, you know, movie but anyway yeah there was um well i don't it's, know yeah i don't know I mean, I don't even know if I'll put this in or not, but it's like, my, my grandfather, um, he was in World War II. He was uh, on, in the Navy and he was in, um, oh, he was like a gun loader or something on like a battleship or something. And uh, like, whenever I would ask him questions about it, he was like, he, you know, or, or when he got older, they were, they were kind of going like, oh, you should have, um, you should go to one of those World War II vet parades or whatever. And he was like, I'm 87 years old. That was three years of my life when I was like 16 years old. And, and, and like, the thing is, is that was the worst time ever. If you guys want to glorify those three years of like, you know, uh, me going over to Japan or whatever, then that's just, you don't understand. There's nothing glorifying about any of that. You think I want to go relive all that crap and talk about that and proud of that. Yeah. So, and I served at my country and they said, no, it was a forced thing. We all had, it, it, like, he just went off and he would just be like, he was like, if you just like, let it go, that'd be a lot better. He'd be like, okay. Wow. That's, that's radical thinking, especially for his generation. Yeah. But I mean, I mean and with like, that, when, because... I, when I get on the airplane, all I see is like guys with their, or, you know, not all I see, but like, there's always, I mean, there's parades, everybody stops in the airport for the World War II. Well, that's what keeps the military industrial complex going because otherwise what would, what, what would be the incentive to go to, to go to war? What would be the incentive? There would be no reason unless it, like you have to have that glorification of it in order to be a reason to oh you know this is your country you got to defend it. I don't know if I want you to put this in there either, but this is right. but it's true that that's the way it is. Why would what would be the reason why people would want to go and kill another person? I, I mean like um, one of the things I was like 
I always liked about my dad is like um, how he got out, he got um, drafted to go to Vietnam and he ate a pound of sugar before his physical so that he would fail his physical so it looked like he was diabetic or something. Um, and uh, I was like, well, what would you have done if that didn't work? He's like, I don't know, go to Canada or something. He's like, I wasn't going to go kill somebody for something I didn't even understand what it was for. He's like, none of us understood what well, that's why they got rid of the draft. That, that's why they got rid of the draft. That's why the, the actually the, the draft they learned from, like, they learned from that experience that, oh, we better not implement the draft because people who don't like that, they don't like being forced. So we have to sell it to them. Let's get it. They no, yeah. Them. And then now, now it's, uh, it's like, it looks like a video game commercial on. Uh, right. Oh, yeah. I used to, I, when I used to work in Boston, I was right next to Northeastern University, which was next to a, like, an inner city area of the of Boston and the Marines used to come and they set up on the campus but I don't know who they were actually marketing to because these people were in college I can't imagine these college students were going right. to sign up to go you know to go go as a Marine but it was yeah it was after 9-11 and I'm guessing it was probably to the poor communities because that's who they always target and they came in these big like semi trucks and out of the trucks were these fancy like super race cars and they just had like u.s marines written in the side of it i was like are you kidding like they're selling with freaking race cars to sign somebody up like an 18 year old kid to sign him up to go to war That's yeah great. like brian was telling me that you know he was from immigrant parents or whatever and he was living in florida and he was in he was in his senior year of high school and they had like recruiters come to the high school for yeah. some military thing or whatever and they um, they had all the all the boys stay after for like an assembly or something. And um, he said that they gave this test and you could, you, you took this test or what it was like an aptitude test. And uh, they called Brian in like a couple of days later because he scored like a hundred on it or whatever. And they were trying to sell it. They're like, you did so good on this. And they were trying to sell it to him. And um, uh, they were just like, you know, you could get by college with this. They were like, you could go in as this and this. And he was going, he was like, Nikki, the test was like, what is an alley? A, a like a, a road, B, a back, like, I, I mean, he said it was just like a, a fence, uh, like a, he said it was just like, like common sense stuff. He was like, uh, and they were so impressed with his hundred on it. And he was like, yeah, I probably don't think I should be doing this. <laughs> like, Right. And of course they marketed him because like you said, he had immigrant parents. So that's immigrant amazing. parents, you know, like, like they don't he have they, probably, yeah. In a certain economic, he, back, they knew he was going to have to, he wasn't going to get his college paid for. They knew he was going to have to yeah. get a loan or whatever. Oh my gosh, um, don't even get me started. It, you know, so that's, that's the whole thing is like, they, they, that's who they're marketing. That's what they're doing. Right. Like exactly. all my, my friends that, um, I used to work, I was a lifeguard with a bunch of like, three, three or four guys who went into the military right afterwards and um all of it was it was economical oh yeah i know that's the that's the thing it's it's our it. it's like it's it's some kind of form of um it's like like it, it's like it's a kind of welfare like and it's not but well, it was the gi the gi bill was made for that that was the gi right. originally but then that's the incentive and also and also a lot of the times it was reserved so when it wasn't in a time of war it wasn't a bad thing to do you had your weekends or however many hours you had to put in to go do it and you'd be called on the, the reserves or not even the national guard in the reserves right so it would be almost never but now we're constantly in a state of war that those people are called to duty all the time 
Oh yeah. This is crazy. Yeah. Oh, no, I, and, and I really don't want to be a part of it anymore. I'm done with it. Like, I don't want to pay yeah. for it. I don't want to be paying taxes towards. Well, that's always been my point. I told you, I used to write on my checks. Do not, not when I, not, I love that. <laughs> do not, not for a war when I just did my tax returns. Um, not for education. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, oh, really, that's how oh. I'm voting with my tax dollars. <laughs> I used to probably, I think it's illegal, but I'm not sure. I used to write on dollar bills all the time, like in little messages, like war, like war is not the answer. It was right around like the Iraq war after 9-11. And I always used to write messages like uh, oil for money, you know, like money for oil, whatever, but oil money, like dirty money. Like I forgot even what I wrote, but I used to write messages yeah, right, well, that's funny. about how war was terrible. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, like, uh, war just doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It's, well, we're like, past I mean, it. It's like we want to just evolve past it. It served its purpose from an other dimensional level. That's another thing. Because right. all of these things, like, okay, everything that we're in, we have to evolve. So we, we're evolving from something, right? Or we're, we're doing this process if we're in a linear evolution or this feedback loop. It's more than I can really understand with that. Like, if you're not looking at a third, like, in a Earth's, ex like, evolution you know like time you can see it linear but what at what point it's like all right well do we do we learn but i don't know from another perspective it's like well there's no dark there's no right or wrong there's no black there's nothing bad there's nothing evil there's no there's no wrong actually and so the feedback that we're giving is just experience so actually when it, from that perspective, nothing like war and killing isn't even bad. It's just like an experience that that the soul or like this entity, I mean, this is getting into other field, but like wanted to have in order to understand itself. And then it had that experience and maybe can evolve past it or not have well, that experience again. And now it's, uh, now you're bringing like whatever you bring. It's like, it's like Indians and um, pioneers. It's like guns and bow and arrows. It's like drones to a, I mean, it's not even playing fields aren't even equal anymore. It's, it's not, there's, right. I mean. Right. You know, this is, it, it's true. Like right now we're at the point where, oh, I was listening to this thing the other day. I was like, oh, great. I'm not even, I hadn't thought of that. Great. Thanks oh, no. a lot. I, I know because I usually have plenty of crazy things to think about, but this one was, you know, nuclear weapons. Okay. So right now they're kind of reserved for, governments and governments are supposedly controlling them or nuclear weapons or supposedly right. but okay maybe every once in a while it gets into the, the wrong hands and whatever but at some point there's going to be companies that will be able to make that or just decide that they can and will because there will be corruption they will be turning the blind eye even if they're monitoring systems they just have enough power to do that if they wanted to and then so now these other type of entities will be getting this type of destructive weapon crazy i was like all right well i'm not going down that road i don't need one more thing to worry about i know I, that's where i just like i hope aliens Draw the line. and i really hope they are diffusing them when they come up you know right I don't know, or inner earth beings who are like yeah we don't really like it when you nuke our ocean floors and like make right. the cave come in on us we don't like that so much right i don't know if that's real or not but like i i yeah i um i always think that like i'm like inner earth or, do they see the ceiling? 
I don't think they see the ceiling. I always think that about the inner earth. I'm like, they, do they have like a sky that looks like our sky? You know what I mean? I just always thought it basically looked like they were in a ginormous Carlsbad caverns or something. Like That's kind of what I thought too, but I'm wondering if it's, uh, then I thought maybe it's not like that. Maybe it's, maybe that's what we're in. That's the other thing. Then I thought, oh, well, we're just in too. a giant sphere also. Yep. I've thought that too. So I don't know. Who knows? Especially if we're just fractals. Then maybe we're just all in giant spheres. Um, wait, there was something I was going to, I don't remember. I was going to ask It's you. It's weird because it's like, um, you know, on psychedelics, I have seen the like like energy threads that connect everything and i've seen mm -hmm. you know like w how weird stuff fractals it really like and by fractals i mean i literally mean like like pixels like yeah like like yeah like those fibonacci sequences like the fibonacci oh, yeah. like spirals like things will start fractaling out like that and then start making all these weird geometric patterns and you're kind of going Something. like huh um yeah, and it just makes you think like, oh, well, wow, maybe my instrumentation is being opened up to other um, wavelengths that I normally am not able to perceive. But now right. it's like another way of making the instrumentation work. Um, in a yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But That's the purpose of them. This is a, yeah, but I, I, it just makes you kind of go, uh, whatever this is, whatever this thought experiment is or whatever would our existence in general is we we don't know like we are not being given any information about it so and maybe that's part of the game is to try to self-figure self-figure it out or something i don't know but uh and also it, can we ever really figure it out you know and if we're always not creating completely yeah no. that's true if you are yeah. always creating it and and that's the other thing is that like i even with modern day science i would be just so much better off with it if it would just be a little bit more humble in its use of language meaning like like oh like everything's so absolute all the time yes everything's so absolute and this and now we understand this that's what it is yes. and we you're figure like, it out that's it end of story yeah buck stops next, here next question yeah <laughs> Got that one, check. And that, and as if, it, as if it's stagnant, as if it will always, even if that is correct. First of all, it's only correct within the context of the way it's being looked at, again, the worldview. And then the other thing is like, um, it's, it's if everything is constantly evolving or changing or the observer is changing it, then maybe it's correct this year, but in a hundred thousand years, it's not the same. Yeah, I mean, like it's, it's it may be, you know, whatever it may be correct based on the information that you have available at this time but like there there can there will always be additional information there yes just will be and right. yeah and like and the, also I, different perception yeah and i also think about this a lot in terms of like benjamin franklin was alive not that long ago and he discovered electricity okay that's that's like a huge thing that's part of our everyday life now but that wasn't even, that's was like 200 years ago or 200 or whatever. How what, what was that? 250, 275, something. Yeah. I don't know, like whatever. Like it's, there's like, what if there's an electricity right in front of our faces? Like something like electricity, like an mm -hmm. entire, 
thing that we don't even know about yet. And there is, yeah. there, there has yes. to be. Has to be. There always is going to be. Yeah. Well, I think the point was mentioned actually in like all the different, um, all the different fields. Did you watch the video with Deepak Chopra? Speaking of. Yes. I love that with the Rupert Sheldrake. Yep. All right. Yes. Like that, that was the, um, the morphic, uh, the morphic field. Right, right, right. The morphic fields and all the different fields. So, but we don't so, know yeah, how many of these of these exist. Like, what you know, like. Well, I would guess that they're infinite or constantly changing anyway, because everything is infinite. I don't know. Well, and, and then that that makes me think, like, you know, and we poo poo. I hate saying that word. I got to come up with a different word besides that. Uh, anyway, we we always kind of like uh, scuff our nose at. Um, like dreams oh that's just your brain processing the days whatever we don't really understand what happens to a third of your life that you know you're unconscious for so um yeah. you know and most some people don't dream and if they do dream it's about um you know your relationship to your father or you know like some whatever it is the Freudian right. stuff or whatever uh okay but there is like like there, I think there's something to like other realms and stuff. Like there, there, that those dimensions or whatever you want to call them, those could be as real as this. Well, it goes back to that poem of yeah, I um, wait, I, I dreamt that I was a butterfly, but then I woke up. How do I, how do I know if the butterfly wasn't dreaming that it was me? It was me. You know. Yeah. So how do you know that you're not the butterfly dreaming that you're a person or are you the person dreaming a butterfly? You don't really know. You don't really know. I mean, the whole thing is maybe the dreaming, maybe the dreaming world is the real, real thing. And that the, the, the waking world is, is actually the dream. Yeah. I mean, I, I, for instance, um, like the psychedelic trip I took, um, not the ayahuasca one, but the one, um, the mushroom one, it was like, that felt like I lived in that longer than I've lived here. Mm. Wow. That's interesting time. Yeah. Time it, was only, it was only four hours long, but I still feel like that was a longer lifetime than what I've my 37 years so far here. Like that's yeah, weird that's... that something like some little mushroom can do that to you. Like, what is that? Right. Well, it's a plant medicine. It's a conscious thing. It's a conscious being that there's been plant medicines from shamans and traditions all over the world. I mean, for, for so much time that, yeah, I think that they, that's the beauty of it. That's the, that's the gift of the plant. So I have, um, in my, um, dreamland, like there's, there's this like way of flying and like I've gotten to see the suit up close and it's, and it is like little tiny cones at like these little rod cones that are magnetic. And oh, yes. they're like nano, it's basically like nano magnetic um, cones that kind of emulate bug wings. Like when you see how bug wings actually like vibrate off of each other, I, I think it's some form of magnetism that's used with that. Anyway, in my dream, like I, when I would fly, like I just would think that like I was just flying in my dream. And then like recently I like 
asked somebody in the dream, I was like, well, how does this actually work? How is this working? And they're like, well, it's a technology. And I was like, well, how? And then they showed me how the clothing that we would wear had the ability for us to basically like for you could you could I don't know how you turn it on but that what like we were working against the ions in the air with these magnetisms and that's how you're flying everywhere and I'm thinking if I could dream that that could be possible in real life someday like I think I think that's a, a science that would exist like I personally am not the one to do it but I'm just saying like there are things like electricity that are there Mm-hmm. You just don't know about him yet. Well, maybe when you're dreaming, you're going into a different time of, you know, like a future or something, or could be well, also another dimension. But yeah, and so you're because even even your dream is still part of the hologram because you're you know. right. Yeah. At what point would you ever leave the hologram? I don't. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good question. I, like I don't think that. you would be able to. But I mean, that kind of is kind of scary to you. Like, wait, I'm never, I can't, I'm never going to leave this hologram. But where would you go to another galaxy? To another galaxy? I mean, how many holograms the are there? Hol- and know? are they individual holograms? You know, it's all part of the biggest hologram. I guess if it's a fractal, it's constant. Like, and it's we constant. are all connected in a circle in a hoop that never <laughs> ends. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh.